Sponsored by Just Eat. Woo! Tap into Ireland's leading food ordering app. Just Eat. Find your flavour. On McDermott on 2FM. With Transport for Ireland. Plan your journey door to door with our free TFI Journey Planner app. All right, you're all very welcome to this week's Sound of the Nation. Joining us in studio, welcoming them back, Colette Sexton, news correspondent for the Sunday Business Post, a contributor at Image Magazine, whose rant on paying for good media, I say rant, whose impassioned speech on paying for good media garnered a lot of attention last time she was here. And also Louise Carroll, occupational psychologist and bass player with the Blizzards. She's like she's like a, a, a nicer, more beautiful Jordan Peterson. Except beauty is not a measure <laughs> of anything so I've just gone and me too Jews it's a disaster <laughs> I'm, I'm leaving I don't know about you Louise I'm out here wrapping up right now you're both very welcome thank you thank you Owen. so Leo Varadkar has not gone vegan as he, as he was at pains to point out in uh, the doll he's cut down on his meat consumption but then he had to clarify in the doll that he didn't go full on vegan now did it strike anybody as strange that he it was necessary for him to clarify, to avoid a little bit of political discombobulation, his dietary choices. Agriculture is really, really important in this country. So for someone like the Taoiseach to come out and say that they're cutting down on meat, you could see how people would react to that badly, especially the farmers. Um, so and he got a lot of stick from other TDs, particularly ones based in rural constituencies. Like Danny Healy Ray went on a rant about the whole thing um, and claimed that people who are vegetarian or vegan have never worked a hard day in <laughs> hard day in their lives. So you can see why it could be perceived since Ireland is such a large exporter of beef and dairy products that it could be perceived that it was a a bad idea for the Taoiseach to say that. But you also need to look at it in terms of Ireland's impact on climate change. Like agriculture is the biggest creator of carbon emissions in Ireland. And that's something that we we all need to be very aware of. And if farmers are looking at this and and looking at it in a way that they they think that we should leave records to just pretend that's not happening, that's really not a good way of future proofing their industry. They should be looking at ways to reduce their emissions and be able to continue to do the work that they're doing in terms of agriculture as opposed to just pretending it's not happening and sticking their their heads in the sand about climate change. And I think that livestock production, like, it should be reformed, but it can't be eliminated. I I, I read in a, I think, a well-founded article in Journal that an actual round trip from London Heathrow to San Francisco produces more emissions than five years of livestock in the UK. One commercial airline flight, like? Right. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. I just think sometimes we need to be careful. We need to look at what the statistics are coming from. What's being funded? Who is funding it? Um, It's really important to look at the background of what's coming out because we tend to take headlines, we tend to take statistics and we run with them. And that dictates how people behave um, and how how behaviour rolls out in terms of eating, buying um, and structuring our society. To double clarify, one commercial flight from London to San Fran Mm -hmm. is the same as the livestock, uh, the the emissions emissions. from one cow. Yeah. Okay, right, yeah, okay. We, we're all going to have to adapt to how we live in the future if, we're going to want, if we want to save the planet, which I hope we all do. Mm. And I do think that while I love meat and, you know, you can't beat a good steak and I think that, you know, I grew up in West Clare, I understand how important agriculture is to, to, the, to the country. I do think that there are going to have to be changes there. And I often think that the next generation or maybe our kids' kids will think that it's insane to eat meat and that it's a really weird thing to do, that it's bad for your health. And we'll all be like, what? 
whatever, hand me the steak. The more the climate change develops, the more that we're going to have extreme weather events, the more displacement of people there will be. That means there's going to be more refugees. I mean, it could it could get to the point that like coastal towns in Ireland might flood and people can't live there anymore. Like places like Black Rock or Scaries, you know, we need to be very realistic about this. Within our lifetime, it's very likely that there will be no ice in the Arctic Ocean anymore. That is insane. So we do need to be like, I mean, I, I appreciate that we all love our, our lives as we live them at the moment, but we are going to have to make changes. Let's leave that one there and uh, enjoy your lunch, but maybe think about what you're eating. Um, now, let's move on to, let's take a musical interlude and then we're going to come back and we're going to talk about the 10-year the 2009-2019 challenge and how perhaps there is a sinister undertone. Colette, what are you having? High hopes. Let's do code line. High hopes. Lovely. Aspiration. Here we go. That there was Codaline, High Hopes. It's Sound of the Nation with Colette Sexton and Louise Carroll. Let's move on to this. Um, okay, so the 2009 v 2019 meme um, might actually be a super sinister ploy to get your photos so artificial intelligence can learn. It's creepy, but also very plausible. So um, we've all seen the meme, the 10 years apart photograph, harmless, discounting the mortification some of us experience from looking like themselves in 2009. Um, but it really is harmless. However, However, Kate O'Neill, tech writer, tweeted, Me 10 years ago, probably would have played along with the profile picture aging meme uh, going around on Facebook and Instagram. Me now ponders how all this data could be mined to train facial recognition algorithms on age progression and age recognition. Now, do we care? I think this is a good baseline question. Do people actually care about online privacy? Because there's all this furore made about it, but I'm not sure people give enough of a shit to think this is problematic. <laughs> I think in theory they care. I mean, in theory, people care about their privacy. Of course they do. But it's like blindly stumbling into the next trip week after week, month after month. I don't think it's blindly, though. I think enough noise has been made now that people know that your data is mined. It's sold to third parties, to advertising companies, specifics about where you eat, where you visit, what you look like, your age profile, what you read. People know this stuff but is shipped out to companies and still they click agree on everything. I don't think people care. That's because... But I think what Trump's being, I hate using that word, but I think what Trump's <laughs> caring about the issue is that immediate gratification of what's in front of them. Whether it's, you know, oh, I want to participate in this challenge. I want to be part of that. Agree. <laughs> Straight into it. Being part of it. It's, it's, it's kind of choosing to turn a blind eye in a way. It doesn't mean they don't care, but it's, it's, a, it's definitely dampening down the awareness of how this is implicated, how this is changing maybe how I'm represented on the grid, so to speak. And I think I think it, while it's plausible that, you know, our data could be being mined in terms of this 10 year challenge, I think it's a little naive to think that human beings cobbling together their photos from 10 years ago and now are contributing or feeding into a much larger, larger tracking system, which is already doing the work, let's face it. They don't need us to do it for them. I think we just have no idea of the consequences of what we're putting online and like we all share online and we really have no idea long term in 20 years time where that's going to go. But it gives some scenarios, uh, potential scenarios um, of, of what the facial recognition mining could be used for. It has a benign, a mundane and a risky one. So it says the benign scenario, mm. facial recognition technology, specifically age progression capability could help find missing kids. Last year, police in New Delhi um, reported tracking down nearly 3,000 missing kids in just four days using facial recognition technology. That's amazing. 
amazing and mundane scenario age-related advertising that's probably happening already uh, and a risky scenario after Amazon introduced real-time facial recognition services in late 2016 they began selling those services to law enforcement and government agencies like police departments in Orlando and Washington um, but the technology raises major privacy concerns the police could use it not only to track people who are potential criminals but also people who are not criminals like protesters and others the police deem a nuisance I mean does it feel a little bit Black Mirror? Well, yeah, but I mean, as soon as you delve into anything AI at the moment, it feels Black Mirror and it feels Black Mirror because it's it's possible and we know it's evolving. And I don't think we know the half of what this technology is capable of yet. Well, there's all the, the influenced election stuff, but they're like this stuff doesn't seem that bad to me. That's what I'm saying. I think people are more literate around these issues than they've ever been well, and, like, <laughs> and there's no no one's taken to the streets not even the French the French love a good march about anything <laughs> and they're not even marching we're fine I don't know though because I mean we do live in a democracy so it might seem fine to us but for people in other countries for example if the government can track them down based on facial recognition software that is a bit scary especially if you know it's 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 a government that you do not want tracking you down because mm-hmm. you'll never be seen again none of us very few of us are going to live off the grid uh, in this day and age and it's becoming increasingly harder to do so anyway if you want to do any kind of normal function in society so we're just just everyone be a bit careful yeah okay. I mean I think your point is right I think being able to hold back and have some level of control over what it is that you disseminate online putting that side by side with China's technology they're able to actually track a face in six, a group of 60,000 people I don't know if you can call that a group but uh, and they can they can identify somebody with it. So their technology is already hugely advanced. There's a certain amount that's going to evolve far past what we're even capable of tracking ourselves. And we, I, I can just see us sort of slipping into it bit by bit. But the most we can do is to pay attention, take the extra time to read what it is that you're agreeing to. We're going down the matrix road. In the meantime, I'm just going to keep clicking agree. Um, <laughs> now, uh, Celine Dion has removed uh, a single she did with R. Kelly from streaming services. We're going to talk about that as our final story right after a little bit of another lady who uh, who has hit out at R. Kelly recently after a little bit of Lady Gaga back after this. Hey, this is 2FM. Right, there is Lady Gaga. It's this week's Sound of the Nation. We're here with Louise Carroll and Colette Sexton. Final story of the day. Celine Dion has removed a duet she did with R. Kelly in 1998. It was a Grammy-nominated uh, Grammy song called I'm Your Angel. It was a whole lot of um, attention focused on R. Kelly recently after a documentary that profiled his prolific predatory habits. Um, his lawyer has denied all the allegations against him. Where do we Where do we sit on this this idea of separating the artist from the art. How do we feel about that whole there's the artist and there's the art debate? It makes me sad, to be honest. Like, I, What if it was a surgeon? Would we think the same way? There's a romanticism about artists, I think, sometimes. And because of what they create and because of how they've made us feel through their art and we get really connected to them and we that gives us that feeling of familiarity and that feeling of wanting to protect. But we can't separate it. It's We can't pick and choose this. The argument, though, is that it ha- he hasn't been found guilty in a court of law and he, he did go, in, like, he, he was in court and he, he was acquitted. So, I mean, I think that that's going to, well, I mean, there's criminal investigations being launched in two US states now against him. So that might change. But I completely agree with the artists pulling their, their songs with him. I, I would not mm-hmm. want to be associated with him. But I think it's very important that we look at who the people are that pull, are pulling their songs it's mainly women and like John Legend did speak out against him as well but aside from that there, 
there are so many men that have worked with him like Usher, Jay-Z, Diddy, Justin Bieber and they've remained quiet through this whole thing and we need to ask why that is. Why aren't they coming forward and saying they don't want to be associated with him either? Pull their music as well. I mean, I would certainly never want to hear an R. Kelly song ever again. I feel sorry for people who, you know, picked his songs for graduations or weddings or whatever, but like really... (laughs) I'd like I actually checked Spotify to see if he was still on it and he yeah, is and I think, they should, I think yeah. they should pull him Does he need to be found guilty in a court of law before Spotify step in? I mean where companies having to take a moral stand mm-hmm. without I guess a legal ruling is that tricky? It, it probably is tricky and his own record company is being called up now as well and people are saying you need to you need to pull just get rid of him completely it is tricky and I suppose you can't have, have trial by social media or whatever but I mean I watched the documentary I was hooked I watched the whole thing in a, like this week it was gripping and horrifying and he, he like 54 people were interviewed for it including survivors including people that have worked with him over the years and it, it it's a very it, it just stands out how much how badly black women are treated and many people brought that up mm. and there's been so many studies into like how you know Georgetown recently did a stu- study on, on black women and how they are seen as less innocent and less in need of protection than white women and we need to look at that and society needs to be conscious of all those biases as well that we might have and try to change them for the better like people keep repeatedly saying that if it was white women this would never have been going on for over 20 years you know and that's that's quite possibly true sadly mm. um, Louise why do you think um, why do you think like Colette alluded to there that, that it's been the women who've been more vocal in, in distancing themselves from R. Kelly and not the, not the male artists definitely one part is that it's quite timely in the sense that there's a movement now there's a stand there's a, an, a kind of a collective gathering of voices that are now being heard probably more powerfully for the first time since the second wave of the feminist movement but it's it's now at the at the stance where this can't be ignored this can't be buried anymore and i think that's what people are feeling so frustrated about now at this point but i mean 25 years of fans kind of wanting to believe that he's invincible and almost feel like he is because it's been 25 and years he's been without set up by jealous people exactly I'm yeah. using quotation marks with my fingers there but you can't yeah. see that on the radio yeah it's <laughs> yeah. important clarification yes. <laughs> um, okay well look uh, well Lady Gaga has removed her song so is Celine Dion and we'll see if many other artists will follow suitors yeah some lacking at the minute um, Colette Sexton I assume you want to tell people to buy the Sunday Business Post yes as I always do buy the Sunday Business Post I would also like to point out that because of the terrible def- defamation laws in Ireland that restrict what the media can cover we would never be able to do something like the Or Kelly documentary in this country mm. support quality journalism we'll talk about that another day perhaps uh, Louise Carroll um, if anyone needs an occupational psychologist you're available for sessions also by the Blizzard's music yes both of those things in separate order <laughs> yes independent from each yes. other guys thank you very much thank you